grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Text for our meditation this morning, the Holy Gospel that we heard just a moment ago, John 16, verses 5 through 15, especially these words. And when He, the Holy Spirit, comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, are you convicted? What do you think of when you hear that question? Most likely you think of the legal system, you think of the courtroom. No, no, I've never been in the system. I've never been adjudicated. I've never been convicted of anything. We hear of people who are convicted felons, convicted sex offenders. And then we hear this conviction language and our ears are set at attention. What in the world is Jesus talking about here as he gives us a glimpse on this Monday, Thursday night? He gives us a glimpse of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's kind of odd that during this season of Easter, our focus is already shifting. It's teaching us about the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's teaching us about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. Teaching us what to expect and what to anticipate. The disciples were clueless. Now I'm going to him who sent me, he says. And none of you asks me, where are you going? They're too full of sorrow and despair. Jesus is leaving. The gig is up. We're going to be left all by ourselves. Woe is me. But Jesus will have none of this. Woe is me. Whining and complaining by this band of disciples. He says, no. I'm leaving. And it is to your benefit that I am leaving. How can it be to the disciples' benefit that Jesus is leaving? How can it be to your benefit that Jesus is leaving? The ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus, 40 days after his physical resurrection from the dead, completes his work of salvation. The Holy Spirit cannot point us to the completed work of Jesus until and unless Jesus completes it. Jesus takes on flesh and blood. Jesus places himself under God's holy law. The law that condemns us. The law that he fulfilled. Jesus takes our sin on himself all the way to Calvary's cross. He bleeds and he dies. His stone cold dead body is placed in a tomb. Three days later he rises from the dead never to die again. And on the 40th day of Easter, Jesus physically, bodily, ascends to heaven 
and assumes his rightful place at the right hand of God. He's not physically stuck there. It's a position of power. And from there, he rules and fills all things. And the Father and the Son send the Spirit to testify to the completed work of Jesus Christ. The disciples didn't get that. Many of us don't get it as well. We think that somehow Jesus has abandoned us. If only Jesus were here, then we wouldn't have all these problems in the world. We wouldn't have all these problems in our country. We wouldn't have all these problems in our church or in our city or in my family or in my heart. My friends, Jesus has not left us. He is with us. Really present with us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, a ministry of conviction. A ministry of conviction. That's what God's Word teaches us right here. There's another way that this word conviction is used. Usually we use it in the plural. He is a man of many convictions. We're not talking about how many times he's been worked through the legal system. We're talking about someone who feels strongly and passionately about a particular topic. A firm or a fixed belief. We might say it this way. The person was unable to be swayed from his conviction in spite of many convincing arguments. All of us, all of us have many deep, heartfelt convictions. Things that we feel very strongly about. Things that we are very passionate about. Things that we will not negotiate. Whatever. We are convicted on this particular topic. We are convicted on this particular belief. We are sure and certain. The question then comes, where do your convictions come from? Where do you, your heartfelt and fixed beliefs come from? Your favorite news network? Your mom and dad or grandma or grandpa? Your political party affiliation? Your heart? Your ego? My friends, we all have serious, heartfelt convictions, whether we admit it or not. Where do they come from? What God's Word is teaching us today 
is that Christians should have their convictions come from God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the ministry of conviction. Convicting our heart, convicting our mind, convicting our attitude and our actions, forming us and shaping us according to the Word of God. Not the Word of the world, the Word of God. Not the Word of me, myself, and I, the Word of God. Not the Word of political pundits, but the Word of God. Where do your convictions come from? Jesus talks about a threefold ministry of conviction. When he comes, verse 8 of John 16, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. My friends, we are quick to point out sins, individual sins in other people. Sometimes we might even be so bold as to point them out in ourselves. People shouldn't lie. People shouldn't cheat. People shouldn't steal. People shouldn't sleep around. We are quick to point out these individual sins, and they are individual sins. And they should be taken serious. The Holy Spirit convicts us that the primary sin, the sin from which all other sins flow, is the sin of unbelief. To not know and acknowledge that there is one God and one God only, one true God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three and one and one and three, and all other false, all other gods, so called, are false gods, false idols. My friends, Jesus did not come into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Apart from Jesus, and a saving knowledge of his life, death, and resurrection, we stand condemned already. And not just we, but the whole world. John chapter 3. Romans 3 says, For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The ministry of conviction with regard to the Holy Spirit Convicting us of sin is that we are indeed poor, miserable sinners. Our hearts are at enmity, at war with God. There's kind of a new movement in Christianity. Don't really like to talk about sin as sin. You're not really a sinner. Your soul is just sick. What do you do when you're sick? Well, you get a prescription and you get better. 
Maybe a performance-enhancing drug. Does God's Word teach that way about our sin-sick heart? No! It says your heart is dead, stone-cold dead, and you need a heart transplant. People in our world, people in the church, don't like to talk about sin. You're not really a sinner, you're just broken. Oh. So what do we do with broken things? We mend them. We fix them. My friends, there is no mending or fixing our condition. The Holy Spirit convinces us that we are sinners. Not only by the actions that we do and perform, but by the sin that we inherited from our parents all the way to our first parents, Adam and Eve. And this sin condemns us. Apart from the God-provided solution for sin, there is no hope. But the ministry of conviction by the Holy Spirit doesn't stop with a conviction of sin. When He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see Me no longer. It seems odd that the Holy Spirit would have to convince us that Jesus is not here. Jesus physically, bodily, ascended into heaven. Completing His work. The Holy Spirit convinces us, convicts us, that everything necessary for our salvation, everything necessary for our righteousness, has been completed in the perfect life, obedient death, and glorious resurrection and ascension of Jesus. It is done. Jesus did not, did not say, as he hung bleeding and dying on the cross, I've done my part, now the rest is up to you. He said, it is finished. What is finished? Your salvation, your righteousness. If your salvation, your righteousness is not finished, then guess who has to do the rest? You do. The ministry of conviction of the Holy Spirit concerning righteousness convinces us, convicts us that we cannot do anything to improve or inherit eternal life. As we sang in our sermon hymn, our good works avail us nothing. Nothing toward our salvation. My friends, God's gift of righteousness is yours. Fully and completely. In 2 Corinthians 5, God teaches us, for our sake... God made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. 
Jesus accomplishes this perfect righteousness for you, for the world, and then he gives it away. He gives it away in the waters of holy baptism. He gives it away as we hear his word and receive his body and blood in the supper. He gives us and gives us and gives us the righteousness, the only righteousness that can save. Psalm 143 says it this way. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me. In your righteousness, enter not into judgment with your servant. For no one living is righteous before you. The ministry of conviction by the Holy Spirit convicts us, convinces us that salvation is in Christ and His righteousness alone. Our good works follow God's gift of faith, but they do not earn or merit salvation in any way, shape, or form. If they did, we would always be in doubt. Have I ever done enough? Maybe I should have done more. My friends, the good news, the work of the Holy Spirit is not a ministry of doubt, but a ministry that calls us to be sure and certain of the righteousness of Jesus. There's one more in Psalm, Psalm 143 kind of gave us a little bit of a hint there as well. The third part of this ministry of conviction by the Holy Spirit is the ministry of judgment concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged the ruler of this world Satan Satan and all of his minions who is it that tempts us to sin the devil and the devil through the world and the devil through our own sinful flesh, that old Adam or that old Eve. My friends, the work of the devil is strong among us. The devil would convince you that the world's words are true and that the word of God is a lie. The devil's world and word would convince and convict you that God doesn't know, God doesn't care, it's all up to you. The devil's word would convince you and convict you that God doesn't really care and that your salvation is in doubt. My friends, when Jesus rose from the dead on that first Easter Sunday, Satan's head was smashed. He is a defeated enemy. But much like a snake, when you chop its head off, it worms around and gives at least the appearance of life. A snake with its head chopped off can't harm you, but it can sure scare you. That's Satan today. He is a defeated enemy. 
All he has left are lies and innuendo and half-truths. My friends, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. What is truth? Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What is truth? The Word of God. The Word of God in its totality and entirety. God's gift is inspired, infallible, inerrant Word for you. This Word will never run out of teaching and encouragement and peace and comfort and forgiveness for you. This is why we are here where God promises to be present in His Word, in His sacrament. As God continues through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of conviction to mold us and shape us, to form us, and convince us as God would have us be molded and formed and shaped and convinced. You know, sometimes when we have the, the prayer of the church, the collect of the church early on in the, seat, in the service, sometimes those words just kind of float right by. The prayer, the collect that we prayed earlier today sums up this ministry of conviction perfectly and beautifully. Oh God, you make the minds of your faithful to be of one will. Grant that we may love what you have commanded and desire what you promise. That among the many changes of this world, our hearts may be fixed, convicted, where true joys are found. May God grant this to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our courage, and our conviction. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.